All right, welcome to Teed Up with Coach G. I'm joined again today by, I guess now, reoccurring host Joe. How you doing, Joe? What's going on, man? Excited to talk football instead yeah. of baseball today. Yeah, baseball guy turning football guy, Joe. We're going to be breaking down NFL Wild Card Weekend, which by the time you listen to this will be tomorrow morning, so hopefully you guys check it out today. We're recording this on a Friday. Uh, happy Friday, Joe. Same to you, my man. TJIF. Um, Especially exciting for you with uh, Washington actually having something to go play for. You know what's been <laughs> funny? I saw a meme the other uh, today of, you know the meme with the guy where he's with the girlfriend, but he's looking back at the other girl that was like super huge yeah, a year yeah. ago? It's the guy and his girlfriend is Washington playing a real playoff game on Saturday, and the girl walking the other direction is Deshaun Watson rumors because <laughs> everyone in Washington's <laughs> freaking out that Deshaun Washington might be available, including That's myself. Awesome. Which, real quick on this, I was arguing with my friend, it would be unprecedented, right? If like Deshaun Watson, who just signed an extension, pulled like a James Harden and was like, I want to get traded. And only to, like, one of these five teams. I know Le'Veon Bell did something kind of like that, but he was, like, sat out. And Deshaun Watson's, like, one of the best quarterbacks in the league, right, entering his prime. This is, like, could change the NFL forever, or am I crazy if this happens? I mean, it could happen. I mean, players are realizing that they have a lot more power now than they used to think in terms of the control over the front office. So I could see it. I mean, also, it's kind of funny, even disregarding your fanboy-ness of, of Washington football team, I was talking to somebody, another buddy of mine, neither one of us could care about Washington, and we were saying that Watson literally could make them an instant, instant, instant contender to win a, a Super Bowl. I'm, given I'm all in. And you bring him in. Two, well, what makes me scared, though, is there's a lot of, obviously, it's Deshaun Watson. If he demands a trade, there's going to be a lot of teams that want him, like a lot. And well, yeah. it would be like a bidding war. I think the NFL has never seen. You know, you know, the first pick gets traded a lot. You those always get hot. Like the first pick is for like the prospect of having a franchise quarterback. And yes, like Watson's been paid now, so you're not getting that rookie deal, which is like a part of the allure of the number one or two pick. But he is an established superstar in his prime. Like I can't remember in my life when a quarterback of his caliber at his age has become available, which I'm sure I'm forgetting to someone, but like, no, he's, he's, he's just entering his prime. He's easily a top five quarterback. I think this year, based on like QBR and rating, he was like number two. And that's with a team with, <laughs> with absolutely nobody on offense. So I, and, and a team that wasn't very good. So he's only I 25. He's, he's 25. And yeah, so 25 years old. I, listen, I don't know what's going to happen. I know they said they were going to keep him involved in the GM coach search, and then they hired a GM without going through him. And he was really pissed about that. And they're yep. a dumpster fire. Like, that team is heading in a really bad direction, even with Watson. But this would, like, turn to the NBA. I mean, NBA, this happens, like, every 18 months where a superstar is like, I want to get traded, and I want to go play for these few teams. And But that yeah, doesn't I mean, happen in the NFL. Slope. I, I think it's a slippery slope because I think at some point, from an ownership or GM perspective, you got to kind of, you know, pump the brakes and say, like, all right, you know, know your role. Like, you're not the GM of the team. Like, Rodgers has tried this, too, and has thrown a fit when he wasn't a part of the final coaching yeah. decisions and all that. Well, like, Aaron Rodgers right, like, is a future Hall of Famer. I mean, Watson could become that, but Aaron Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers. Watson is 25, and awesome, but he's 25. And I, if I owned the Texans, I would involve him because I'm like, dude, you are our everything. Like, what do you want to have us do? But... 
I don't know, man. It like to me, it feels like if this happens and he does demand a trade, it's like I want to go to you know Washington or Atlanta or the Giants or wherever. Like these are the teams I'm willing to go to. It could change NFL forever because I feel like oh, I mean, yeah, he signed sure. an extension. And I, think, I think he does have the power to to potentially make it happen if he demands to sit out. I mean, I again, I don't know. I, we've seen it before, like you said with Le'Veon Bell and stuff. Like these teams want to dig in and, and kind of say, like, no way are we giving this up. You want to sit. And, waste your career go for it but at some point they usually do cave because they know ultimately from a financial perspective they have to obviously not just get nothing for a franchise player but i don't know i was laughing because i saw the jets were a potential suitor for him and i'm like a there's no way he's going to want to go to the jets but b it would be such a jets move to try to go for him and then i saw that there's a potential that they're in the hunt to get matt ryan so that makes that, well the quarterback. There's going to be a whole podcast just on quarterback carousel because it's going to. It's last year was great too, and this year there's going to be a lot of movement. So it's very yeah. exciting. Watson would make it extremely exciting. He did sign a four-year, hundred sixty million extension in September. So it's a little bit of like, dude, you just got a hundred and eleven million guaranteed months ago. It's a little early to be demanding a trade. Like, what did what did you think you were getting yourself into? That's what yes can make it so crazy. I mean, they also, they've also dissolved that team. They got rid of Hopkins. I mean, they, they did a lot of I mean, I think Hopkins was gone. Hopkins was gone by September. I, 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 you're right. No, you're right. This season went, like, worst-case scenario for them. They fired their coach. They got rid of their best receiver. I get it, but how much really changed in the last three months? Where he's like, I know I just made a huge commitment to you guys, but I want you to trade me. They just guaranteed him over $100 million. The PR yeah. move on this would be a disaster, I think. Even though fans would be like, oh, I get it. The Texans stink. I think he'd get killed in the media for being like. Yeah, but that's, that's when is that ever not the case? Yeah, right? so. The ownership and GMs, and the front office is always in the media pockets. Everything turns into the players are the enemy at all times. Well, regardless, I would take him in Washington with open arms. I would trade multiple first-round picks. I would trade multiple you know, second, third. I would trade – a bivy of picks because I feel like it would put us it would immediately if we made the right moves to support him it would make us an immediate Super Bowl contender so yeah. with our defense so, so, so Chase Young should pack his bags is what you're saying say what Chase Young should pack his bags is what you're saying no he's Chase out? Young is already well he's packing his <laughs> bags for his uh, induction into the Hall of Fame after his rookie year for <laughs> unprecedented all right let's let's speaking of Chase Young let's segue into the playoffs uh, so again this is a Friday We'll go game by game for this weekend. Thank God there's extra wild card games because we get three games both days, which is awesome. Uh, starting tomorrow, Joe, the first game of the week is the Indianapolis Colts at the Buffalo Bills. The spread is Bills are given six and a half. The over-under is 51. Bills are the hottest team in the NFL. I got my own little thoughts. Why don't you go first? What do you think about this game? All right, so... I hate that I have to use my lock already because <laughs> I was going to hold it. But this is the only game, and we'll obviously get into all the others, but this is the only game that I feel very confident about. Uh, I think that the Bills are going to absolutely murder them. Um, <laughs> I don't think the Colts are a very good team to begin with. I, I know that they had double-digit wins, and Philip Rivers is having I mean, Philip Rivers they get the good end of bad. But I think the Bills are playing. Right now they just remind me of a team that could easily go all the way. Uh, they yeah. are firing on all cylinders. Allen looks amazing. The defense even looks strong. 
uh, their running game is is solid. So uh, you're going in the cold weather. So the Colts have to adjust to outdoors well, in, in, Colts run the in hell, January. Well, Colts run the hell out of the ball, and I don't like Buffalo's run game. Uh, I feel like they it's the Josh Allen show, who I love. I'm a huge man crush on Josh Allen. Uh, my concern for this team, for the Colts, which I agree with basically everything you said, especially with Rivers, the Colts are good when they dictate the game script. Like if they get off to a lead and they can just pound Jonathan Taylor, then they're a pretty good team. But if they fall behind and the Bills' offense is so red hot right now, like if the Bills jump out to like a 14 nothing lead, this game is going to be a rout because if Rivers has to throw the ball 40 times, they're going to get demolished. Plus, if you what you just said is exactly why I think it's going to be a rout. So if you go back and look, and, and I know this more so because I had Allen as my quarterback in fantasy, he got off to absolute red-hot starts um, virtually every first half of the year. Now, I'm sure there's a couple of games in there that you could say are outliers, but for the most part, they were scoring 21, 24 points at, by halftime. So I think that that's exactly what's going to happen. I think they're going to build the lead early. Colts are going to scramble to try to come back, and they're not going to have the weapons to be able to compete. Rivers at that point probably throws, you know, some costly interceptions or they start to play reckless. Um, I, I could honestly see this being like a, a 45 to like 21 game. Yeah, I mean, the Colts, their their Colts defense isn't terrible, but it's really good against the run and it's not that great against the pass. And the, I mean, you could argue the Bills pass attack is the hottest pass attack. I mean, they have the hottest offense in the league, I would say, over the Chiefs. I might not say it's better than the Chiefs, but the Bills... The Bills have won six in a row, and they won their last three games by 88 points. So I, yeah, I agree with you. I like the Bills. I like them to cover. I also like the over because I think the Bills are going to score like 40 points in this game. Agreed. And I and I'd also would kind of pick an unsung uh, MVP for this game. I could see Beasley having a huge game. I could see them doing everything in their power to try to stop Diggs, and I could see Beasley just getting Beasley, you know, Beasley's a little hurt though. I don't. Is he playing for sure? I don't know. I got to check. I thought he was. I love him. Uh, be questionable for playoff game. Listed as questionable. Sounds like they're going to play. I thought I read that he said he was playing. Yeah, you're probably right. Um, I agree. I think if he play, Beasley's like the unsung hero of that offense. Diggs, rightfully so, gets all their credit in the passing game because he was like the number two wide receiver in the NFL this year. But Beasley really is like Josh Allen's safety blanket. He really helps that offense go. So. Yep. We'll see. I think we're both in agreement. I, I do. Well, no. I guess I would be shocked if the Bills lost. I was going to say there's a world like the Colts are like the, <laughs> it's the Bills and the playoffs, all that. Like would they lose? Oh, no. I think everything we just said, Bills. All right, game two. Uh, the Rams at the Seahawks. Seahawks are minus three and a half, or giving three and a half. Over under is forty two and a half. I believe this is the lowest over under of the of the first round or the wild card round. Uh, there's lots of question marks about quarterback. I don't know. I, I didn't see anything this morning. And as far last I heard, Jared Goff still might not play. John Walford, I watched some of this game, or I watched some of the Rams play last week, and Walford is a little mobile. He like, brings a little bit something to the offense that J- Goff doesn't, but he's also not very good. Uh, yeah. Cooper Cup and Brockers are going to potentially miss this game because of COVID. Uh, I don't. I'm not going to put too much thought into this, Joe. I'm just not picking against Russell Wilson at home in the playoffs against either Goff or Walford. I don't care how good the Rams' defense is, which it is the best in the NFL. But 
I I agree. Um, the one, two caveats to that. One, any divisional game, I always feel if you play a team three times, anything could happen. It should be uh, illegal, so, by the way, for division teams to play in the first round. I hate this. Yeah, yeah. I hate I, I, I hate that these that. two teams are playing in the first round. <laughs> yeah, I agree with that, but. But ultimately, because of that, I think that you know your opponent very, very well. I think that that obviously kind of bodes well for the Rams in this case, because I do think overall they are an underdog. Um, I could see this easily being like a field goal game either way. Now, you said about, you know, obviously, I, I'm pretty sure, by the way, that Goff is playing. I don't even yeah. necessarily know that that's a huge advantage for them, honestly. No, that's uh, the other thing. It's like, who do you want to start this game if you're a Rams? It's got to be Goff, but... Yeah, I'm pretty sure Goff is playing. But but regardless, I mean, now you have him coming in. He couldn't throw the ball with five healthy fingers. Now you got him. Now you got him throwing it with four. So like, I don't know. I don't know that he necessarily um, is going to lift them up like more than Wofford would. I think that he played well in the AAS, and Seattle basically has a, a defense equivalent to the AAS. Yeah, so Seattle's defense I, stinks. I, I I disagree with. Um, I don't really understand the the under in this game being the lowest of all the games this weekend. If anything, I could see this being like a, I don't know, 31-27 game, something like that. They're 28-24. I don't see... You're going to hate my lock then. You're going to hate my lock then because I think this is a super ugly low-scoring game despite Seattle's defense because they have a nobody starting at quarterback. My lock is the under. I think this game is like an ugly, like wow. seventeen to seven game or twenty to seven game, and I'm taking the under. Uh, you know what? You know why that's not going to happen, and I feel very, very sure of this. Maybe, maybe it doesn't hit the over, but it's definitely not that because the NFL never mimics what happened previously. And if you look, I think it was Week 17 they played each other, and it was that ugly, disgusting game already between the two of them. So yeah, I two don't weeks think ago, be they, of that. two weeks ago, the. Uh, Seattle won twenty to nine. That was yeah. that was a game where Goff hurt his finger and like finished the game hurt. So, I I just googled is Goff gonna play and the the top article that came up is Rams fans prefer John Walford to Jerry Goff so, <laughs> from SB Nation. So I'm not I'm not uh, I, like I said, man. I don't even think that's the the. Overall, I, I think, honestly, I think it comes down to can the Rams defense slow Russell Wilson. I think that's really what, what determines the outcome of this game, more so than which quarterback you have in there. I, I don't think that either one of them is going to light up the scoreboard. Well, who are you taking then? Uh, what was the line? Seattle's giving three and a half. I got to go Seattle. I mean, I, I could... So I just said I could see this being a field goal game, and I could see this being a better nightmare that it's exactly at three. So I would definitely buy the line down to three. But I Seattle at home, Russell Wilson's track record in the playoffs, Russell Wilson's track record as a quarterback. I just I gotta go Seattle. It's it's Russell Wilson at home, and I'm not thinking twice about it. I'm sticking by my lock under. I don't think I I think the Rams defense is awesome. I mean, statistically, it's the best in the league. It's awesome. So I respect the Rams' defense. So I don't think Seattle is just going to blow them out. But I don't think the Rams are going to move the ball well. And I don't think Seattle is going to knock the doors off either with their offense. So I think it's just an ugly, low-scoring game. The points kind of scare me because I could totally see this coming down to like a last-second field goal for Seattle. But I'm sticking with my lock is Seattle. This, this Take the under. 42.5. There's no way this gets to that. All right. By the way, when you make a lock, you're usually not scared by it. Yeah. No, I feel <laughs> good about it. I feel good. You scared me a little with the, the Seattle defense line, but no, I'm sticking with it. 
All right, game three. Uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers at my Washington football team. The spread is Bucks are giving eight and a half. That's insulting. Uh, and the over-under is an, another low one, 45. Uh, you know, I'm just going to say this now. I'm sick of everyone saying, listen, I'm not saying Washington is an incredible football team, but everyone's like seven and nine. They stink. They've won five of their last seven, which is better than the Steelers, Bears, and Rams. So they're five and two in their last seven. They're playing better football than a, a number of teams going into the playoffs. So I wouldn't say, I wouldn't get hung up on the seven and nine. And I might have just stolen that quote from Bruce Arians earlier this week. So. <laughs> He said that. I was like, I like that. Yeah, five and two going in. Um, I'm just going to lead this because I'm a diehard Washington fan, and I care I care what you have to say, but I care what I have to say more. Uh, the good yeah, is our defense is number teams. two in the NFL. <laughs> Chase Young is a monster. And Brady, like, scheme-wise, this is a bad matchup for Tampa. Uh, offense for defense, I should say, because Brady historically struggles against front fours that could get pressure on their own. And Washington does that better than any team in the league. So that in its own right is trouble for Tampa. I'd say every other aspect of this game is in Tampa's favor. So I think that if Washington's D-line doesn't generate pressure on its own, like Chase Young doesn't have a big game, Sweat doesn't have a big game, then they're going to get killed. Uh, That's the good. The bad is Taylor Heineke is getting, I think that's how I pronounce it, Heineke is getting first-run reps. All week at practice, Rivera has already said they might play both quarterbacks this week, like interchanging them, which as a strategy I always hate, although even though it kind of worked for Miami two weeks ago. Um, McLaurin, who I love unconditionally and I think is a superstar, has been playing hurt for the better part of the last month. Antonio Gibson is playing with turf toe. He came back last week like because the season was on the line, but he's not healthy. Uh, Alex Smith is stretching and practicing, but his calf is hurt on his foot that got ripped in half. Uh, and Tampa Bay's defense is awesome. So I'm terrified of when Washington has the ball. Mike Evans, I actually haven't looked today, but Mike Evans is questionable for this game, which could change a lot because Mike Evans has really come on, especially in the last few weeks of the season. He's a game-time decision. So if Mike Evans doesn't play, that's impactful. Those are all my thoughts. I know I just talked at you for like five minutes, but what's the non-biased? I know you were talking a lot of trash to me earlier in the week, but what do you what do you think about this game? Uh, I don't remember talking trash actually, but I, I'm, well, you I said Miami should be in the playoffs over them, and I said Miami had a win and win and end game, and they lost by a hundred points. So Miami oh, could oh, cry oh, a river. Right, right, right. That yeah, was my they point. absolutely should be in over Washington. I didn't yeah. know what you. I I thought you were saying I was talking trash about this game particularly. Uh, I. I kind of see this game being what you see Seattle's game being. I could see this being like a 2013 game or, or something super low scoring. I think it's going to be an ugly game. I, um, it needs to be low scoring if Washington's going to win. It, like, I, I hear you. I think well, it could yeah, be an that's ugly. That's, that's my given. dream. That's my dream that, like, Tampa Bay struggling to move the ball. That's, that's the only recipe for Washington winning this game. Otherwise, yeah, yeah, if, if sure. Tampa Bay scores, we're going to get annihilated. Yeah, I think I think that so obviously these are completely different teams and different scenarios, but if you go back to Brady in the Super Bowl against the Giants in either game, 
that's going to be Washington's recipe for success if they're going to have success against Brady and beating him in the playoffs. Um, I think it's going to be a very similar kind of game. And like you said, having the front four, getting pressure, maybe forcing him into a turnover or two, um, or just a constant you know, bunch of three and outs. I think for Washington offensively, their scheme has to be hold on to the ball and don't give it to Brady. They're going to try and run that. I mean, oversimplified, but if you're if they're getting McKissick involved in the passing game, if they're getting if Gibson is okay and can obviously play at full strength, I think that could be a huge part for them. Not so much putting the emphasis if McLaurin's banged up. I don't think you want to put the emphasis on trying to go with a you know typical NFL no, offensive attack. Washington, I've said all year, Washington every game. I said it last week too in the game they had to win, but I was like. They should run Gibson down the team's throat. I don't care who they're playing. And then every third pass attempt, this is just my own thing, but every third pass attempt should be a dump off to J.D. McKissick. Because he, even though sometimes he gets tackled for like two yards, seemingly every other one goes for 10. So our passing attack is so bad that everything should be underneath. This was my number one complaint about Haskins, and I don't want to turn this into a Haskins thing. But he never checked down. Like he, he would just like force it deep all the time. When I'm like, just throw it to the running back who's going to get you five yards every time. So this whole offense goes through the running backs and Logan Thomas. I don't know what to expect out of McLaurin, who I have the utmost respect for and love maybe more than any player on the team. But he's hurt, and he hasn't looked the same in a month. So Not only only that, dude. I think if you're looking at this game, if you hit McLaurin for a 65-yard touchdown and you take two minutes off the clock, I actually think that that's going to be in that type of a pace game, and then you give the ball right back to Brady and you gas Washington's defense. In the end, you're not winning in a shootout. I mean, Washington hasn't scored quickly all season. Like they don't know how to score quickly. No, no, but I'm saying, but I'm saying theoretically, you want them to have a grinded out 80 yard, you know, drive. Even if it ends up in a field goal, take seven and a half minutes off the clock. That's seven and a half minutes that Brady doesn't have the ball, and your defense is resting. So I think that the I think for Washington, the scheme has to be pick up those little four-yard chunks at a time, throw down, check down for a five-yard pass. It's not going to be trying to get the big home run hit. I, I think you really want to play it that way. I I think this is going to be a really ugly game, which benefits Washington for sure. I also remember my dad always said when it comes to double, when it comes to a touchdown or more, you don't ever go with the road team um, in terms of the spread. So he was also a terrible gambler. So that could be <laughs> Eight a bad half. time. But <laughs> There's no fans. I get it. And I know Tampa Bay is playing well and, like, Everyone watched that Eagles game and was like, that was the ugliest football game I ever saw. It's fair. To me, eight and a half is insulting. So I like Washington with the points. I'm a Washington fan, so don't take my advice. I'm changing my lock. I thought about not doing that, but I'm changing it. I like the lock under for this game because it needs, <laughs> wow. if Washington's going to win, it needs to be the under. And that's just the fan in me rooting for it to be the under so it's close and Washington's there. I am hoping that... You know, even if it's ugly, I think this also has the highest potential to be the ugliest game of the first round. Just some like the Steelers-Browns will be in there and potentially the Rams-Seattle game will also be ugly. But this game could be hideous. If Mike Evans is out and Brady struggles, like Brady has one of these games where he doesn't look like himself, which has happened a number of times this year, this game's going to be awful. Because Brady, if Brady yeah. is off, who's clicking right now against horrible defenses? If Brady is off and Alex Smith plays like he did last week, which is likely, or Heineke, and by the way, I would be more surprised if Heineke doesn't play in this game. If he doesn't play, I would be more surprised, whether it's because Alex Smith gets hurt or Alex Smith, like, they switch it up because the offense isn't working. I would be shocked if Alex Smith just starts 
and then the offense is moving. That would be the most surprising thing of the playoff weekend for me. So, yeah, I, mean, I like I Washington. Who are you taking in this game? To, after after everything Smith has been through, I would absolutely love to see him play a full game and win a playoff game. And their coach is like the last, battling cancer. Right. That's like a Disney redemption story. Dude, right if you don't root for Washington, you don't have a heart because our coach has been battling cancer all year. <laughs> We ditched the racist name, and our <laughs> quarterback go. is the comeback player of the year. We're, like, basically America's team, so. Yeah, that is true. Okay. That is so who true. are you taking? Dan Snyder is definitely one to root for. That's a feel-good story. We're getting way off pace. So we got to <laughs> – who are you picking? And then we're blitzing through the Saturday yeah. game. All right, so Washington – I'm taking Washington with the points, um, and I will also be taking the under. So we're, we're in good company on yeah, this We one. haven't disagreed yet. Well, although we might disagree on this game. Although this game I no, still we don't disagreed on this. we disagreed on the Seattle under over. Okay, all right. That's close. I guess I should write that down. Joe took over. All right. Now, the best game, I think, of the weekend is Saturday morning where we have Ravens at Titans. You and I have talked about Lamar Jackson off the podcast at length. This game is in Tennessee. Ravens are giving three and a half. And Tennessee, I think, is – I think they're going to have fans at the game. I think they're one of the few stadiums that are going to have, like, a number of fans there. And – it has the highest over-under of the weekend at 54-and-a-half. They played earlier this year. It was an overtime thriller, 30-24. to 24. Uh, The Titans won. Titans smacked the Ravens last year, to my dismay, because I had been slamming the Lamar drum all season because he was my fantasy MVP forever a year ago. Um, this will be an interesting game because the Titans definitely kind of have Lamar's number. And, yes, it's Lamar in the playoffs, and we could spend a whole podcast talking about that, which I don't want to do. But the Titans' defense is awful. Like, even though Lamar, Lamar is throwing his accuracy, all that stuff, the Titans' defense sucks, and it's probably the worst unit in the NFL. I mean, uh, the worst unit in the playoffs, even worse in Seattle, I would say. So... I had a really hard time with this one because I think this is going to be an exciting game. I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. I think the Ravens will run the ball well. I think A.J. Brown's my favorite receiver in the NFL, which has nothing to do with who will win this game, but I just want to say that. Uh, Ravens are good against the run. I mean, I think last time they played, uh, Henry had like 130 yards, but it was on like 35 carries or something. And that's what's going to happen this game. They're going to hand them the ball every single down as they should. But I don't expect some 200 yard game from Henry. I expect this to be a grinded out game. I expect it to be a high scoring game and I don't know who's going to win. I honestly, I'm like really struggling with my pick. So what do you think about this game? So what I, I didn't hear, what line did you give for this one? Cause it's three and a half. Moves a little the, bit. the, Oh, so what I gave with the Ram or the Ram, the Ravens are giving three and a half. That was a day ago. Is it? What is? Has it moved? What is it now? No, no. I think it is three and a half. I think early in the week it opened. It it, it might have been three, yeah. which obviously is is a critical piece yeah. when it's three and a half. Uh, I see this being a field goal either way. Uh, I, I think it's going to be the best game. Like I think this is going to be the must see game of the weekend. Yeah, oh, yeah, that's without a doubt. I agree with that, which usually is when it never, ever. The yeah, one that's always that means the Titans are going to kill. never ends up being <laughs> yeah. the monkey game. Um, but, yeah, I, I'm with you on this. This was by far the hardest game to pick. Uh, I think, 
I, I, honestly, I've played scenarios as much as Lamar in the playoffs has not been good. I do think that this is going to be a game where he could potentially have five touchdowns, whether it's run, running for two and throwing for yeah, three I, or whatever way you want to slice it. He's going to kill their defense. I mean, that's just a given. They've been awful all year long. I think even at 54 and a half, I think, I think both teams are still going to shatter the over. Um, I think this is going to be a really, really fun game for fans to watch. I think Garrett Henry will have a 100-plus yard game. Uh, I don't think that they're going to go just, you know, grind it out with him uh, maybe in the fourth quarter if they have the lead or something. They might go that route. But overall, I think Brown has a big game. Uh, I, I just I think this is just going to be an offensive shootout. I think it's going to be – I'm going to go 38-34, uh, and I'm going to give Baltimore the win. Give a score. Wait, who do you say wins? I think Baltimore wins 38-34. Wow. I was going to take Baltimore because I'm just going with my heart. I love Lamar yeah, Jackson. I think they win. I love watching him play. I want him to be successful in the playoffs because the the narrative on him now, which you've made sure to remind me all the time, you and Julian, which is fair, is he's not a good passing quarterback and he's going to get exposed in the playoffs. And that was 100% what happened last year. And I kind of just don't want that to be the narrative for him. Like, I don't well, expect him will, to be. He will be exposed, but it's just they're not the defense that's going to expose yeah. him. Like, you also got to look at the matchup. Totally, yeah. I, yes, you're right. It, that, to be fair, that's correct. And I don't expect Lamar to just carry them through the playoffs, but I do think, or I'm hoping with all my heart, that Lamar show, like balls out. Just to, like a little bit of redemption from last year, a little bit of like, hey, like, yeah, I'm not a traditional quarterback, but I could still like carry a team in a playoff game, which is what I want to yeah. say. So I'm tuning in for that. Forward to you, I still look forward to you talking trash to me, telling me, ha-ha, look, Lamar did awesome, even though I picked him to do awesome. This well, week, so. I'm actually <laughs> upset you picked the Ravens because I wanted to be able to do that. I was actually looking forward to coming down on you for that. <laughs> Sorry All right, so we both like the Ravens. This is this is scary, though. I wouldn't bet on this game. I just I could see this game going a million. I would, I would not put any over. money yeah. The over, I might touch. Yeah, That's I might touch it. the I over, but I'm not taking. I wouldn't bet on a team because I this game could go either direction, and I wouldn't yep. be surprised either way. All right, the next game is the least exciting game for me, which I'd like to spend the least amount of time talking about. Uh, the S- Sunday afternoon game: Chicago Bears at the New Orleans Saints. The Saints are giving ten points, which is the highest spread of the weekend. The over/under is forty-seven and a half. Michael Thomas, along with a bunch of other guys, are playing. A little conspiracy theory here. This game got the Sunday nod and over a Saturday. Kamara got COVID, and the 10-day window ends Saturday. So he should be eligible to play in this game on Sunday, given that he tests negative. Um, the Bears are starting Mitch Trubisky, who I was, like, ready to say is, like, maybe not even underrated, but, like, uh, like, oh, you know, like he could do some things. And then I saw his like passing charts and they just don't throw the ball more than five yards. And I watched them play last week against the Packers who they got smoked by. And just every pass is a swing pass for three yards. And I refuse to pick Mitch Trubisky on the road. I'm not even, I don't know what to make of the Saints really like down the road. We'll talk about that more in the coming weeks. But the Saints defense is good. They're at home. It's the playoffs. I know there's no fans, but I... Like New Orleans, I just refuse to bet on Trubisky or care about Trubisky. Yeah, I, I, I mean, again, as a diehard Packers fan, I'm going to have bias here for that alone. But 
the real bias is that I watch the Bears at least two times a year at full length as they play the Packers, and they are not a good team. Uh, defensively, they're they're fine. I mean, they're not like the Bears team that they used to be in terms of defense. Well, Ro- like Roquan Smith, whatnot, might, but Roquan Smith might miss this game, and he's like their, <laughs> yeah, I saw that. He's not Khalil Mack, but he's like the heart of, of the middle of the defense. So. Yeah, I mean their defense. Their defense is put it this way: their defense isn't going to lose the game for them, but their defense isn't good enough to win the game for them. No. Um, and their offense is not reliable whatsoever. I do not think Trubisky is a good quarterback whatsoever. I think he has awful decision making. Um, I don't think he's all that accurate. And like you said, if they're going to do little three, you know, three. So, so the thing that I think works for Washington when I was telling you about the eighty-yard grind and all of that, yeah. I don't. I think that would actually kill the Bears if they tried to go that route. Um, because they don't have the defense that Washington does. So I think with that, that would be a recipe for disaster. I don't, I don't know I don't if they, they have, have the big play guys. They Alan, I mean, I think Allen Robinson, you were about to say it. I mean, Allen Robinson, I think, is the most underrated receiver in the NFL. And he's a free agent this year. And is, he's another guy I would love, love to see in Washington. Uh, but I don't think they have the capability of quick scores. You know, I just, they're like Washington. Like, they can't move the ball. And. Yeah. I don't know. My, I was like, oh, like I was like researching how teams are playing going into the playoffs. The Bears are three and seven in their last ten, and their only wins, Joe, are against the Texans, Vikings, and Jacksonville, who are probably three of the five worst teams in the NFL. So, I think they beat the Bucks. I think that was one of their only actual respectable wins of the year. Uh, not in the last ten. Yeah, I'm looking it up now because I have to know. I was like particularly proud of my research on that. I was like, the Bears have beat no one. No, 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 no. I'm not even saying it was in the last time. I'm saying in general, they did beat the Bears. I think the no, Bears. No, yeah, early. Well, what were they? They were 5 and 1 or 6 and 1 or something crazy. It was, yeah, it was like a Thursday night football yeah. game. That's why I remember. Yeah, it. no, and, that happened. Uh, in an ugly, yeah. that's the kind of game Washington to play. It was like 1960. Exactly. And right? I was thinking of that game yeah. when I thought about Washington. Yeah. yeah. So, so I think that, that that's literally the Bears' only like respectable win of the year. Yeah. Bears stink. Let's, uh, who cares about this game? I'm, I am telling yeah. you right now, I'm probably not going to watch this game. I, well, I'll watch a little, but I, like this is a game where I do chores for my wife. Where I was like, oh, what do we need to do? Yeah, well, I don't yeah. care about the game. I'm like, going. I'm going. I'm going. Uh, Forty-one to seventeen. Mary, this is the married guy. Married guy advice. This is the game you like clean out the gutters and like do whatever your wife asks you to do this weekend. It's a Sunday <laughs> afternoon game, uh, and then you bring it back in for game six, which is. The Cleveland Browns at the Steelers. Again, I think division teams playing in the wild card should be illegal. Browns just beat the Steelers when they sat a bunch of their guys. Obviously, they're coming back. They barely, it was like 24-22 or something. You know, they killed the Steelers killed them in week six when they were playing well. Steelers have lost four or five. I think Washington kind of broke this team. Uh, the, the the news for this game is the COVID stuff going on with the Browns because their head coach, Kevin Stefanski, has COVID. I don't think he's going to be able to coach this game. He's going to be, like, remotely coaching. Uh, their starting guard is out as well. Their special teams coach is, is coaching. Their team facilities were closed through Wednesday. They had to do virtual walkthroughs. Baker Mayfield's first playoff game. If all of those things weren't the case, I might have picked the, the Browns here, and I certainly – don't like the Steelers or the how they've played in the second half of the season or how Ben Ben Big Ben is if Big Ben didn't play like he did against the Colts, this would be like code red. But he had a pretty good game against the Colts, so I'm taking the Steelers. Uh, in an ugly, low scoring game. I didn't even say the spread. Spread. 
Steelers are giving giving six points. I wouldn't touch that. I don't trust the Steelers at all to win by more than a field goal. Over-under is 47.5, which feels about right. I think it's an ugly game. I like the Steelers. And I probably like the under because I think this game is like a smash mouth and AFC North ugly game that we've seen 100 times. What was the under? What was the over? 47 and a half. Okay. So we agree on the team. We disagree on the over under. I, I, I think, again, I think, they, I think the Steelers cover. I think it's a nail biter. I think that it's a 31 24 kind of game and they okay. just squeak by with a spread. Uh, so all year, I was screaming that the Steelers are the most overrated 11 0 team or whatever record. Oh, I, I think they were 11 0. I got a buddy I uh, teach against. A buddy, and the teach against my teaching buddy who is across the hall from me is like the biggest Steeler fan I know. And I told him that. And there was like this Instagram meme going around of all the teams they played through 11 weeks. And it was like all these different reasons why all those games had been easy. And he wasn't, he wasn't feeling it. And then Washington beat them the next week. And then they just completely fell apart. So, well, so, so here's the thing though. So I was the one screaming that they were the most overrated 11 and 0 team. They wouldn't beat anybody good, blah, blah, blah. Then they go on this losing streak. And suddenly, there's this like humility. They get knocked back down to earth. That actually now makes me go. You know what? They got. They took their bruises. They're gonna come out really focused in the postseason. Ben obviously has all the experience in the world. Tomlin has all the experience coaching in big games. Uh, where you look at the Browns, they don't even have a head coach that's gonna be present on the yeah, field. That, Baker Mayfield's yeah. playing in his first game. I think when you look at that, it's a recipe for for the Steelers to come out victorious in all this. I still don't think. The Steelers are that great of a football team. I think if they play KC, we can get into that later, or Buffalo, I think they get smoked. Um, But I do think that they are a better team with or without their head coach. I think that they're just in a better position, even from experience, than Cleveland. Uh, Cleveland's victory this year was just making the postseason for the first time since 2002, and and that's it. And maybe next year they're a contender, but I I don't think they get past uh, Pittsburgh. Yeah, you know, honestly... If we had done this on Monday, I was like, all right, these teams are pretty even. Like, you know, I I agree with what you just said about experience and and Steelers being ready for the playoffs because of their prior experience and their coaching. But once the – I was like, all right, this is pretty even. And then once the COVID thing happened, their coach isn't there, that just, like, kind of freaked me out. I I don't like the Steelers giving six points. I could totally see this game coming down to a field goal. And I, I also think, if anything, if I'm taking points, I might take the Browns with the points. But I think just winning the game, I think the Steelers are going to win this game. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I, I think it's also terrifying that me and you agree on every single game. Yeah. <laughs> we don't agree on anything. So that's a really – Well, we would, know if football. I was, if I was listening right now, I would bet against every single one of our picks. It will be interesting. It will be interesting to see what actually happens because it either we really know football or we're just clowns and we're just going with what consensus is because I, I think there's rational. Yeah. Well, I took Washington, so that's. I would like to throw out one caveat that I do think that's even even if we're, it goes against my pick, I do think the Bears or Washington wins this weekend. Even though I went against the Bears, I do think one of them wins, and the only reason being, if you look back in the history of teams that quote-unquote, don't belong, like my argument that Miami should get in and not somebody like Washington, uh, those teams always end up winning at least a game uh, in wild card weekend. Joe, so it, seven and nine teams that make the playoffs are 2-0. and oh. Yeah, exactly. So everyone's I like, think, oh, think, seven and nine, that's Seattle team. Seattle, 
Yeah, the, Seattle the, when they the, had Marshawn Lynch. Yeah, the Marshawn Lynch run. I forget what they call that run. The like best playoff, like best wild card game ever. That TD run was the seven and nine Seattle team, and there the other one. I think it was the Giants or oh, no, it wasn't the Giants. I can't remember who else. But they they're two and zero. So yeah, I I think that team's Washington though. You know that's if Brady is off the mark. I mean, obviously I'm like very dialed into that game. I can't wait though. I think it's gonna be a fun weekend. I'm not watching the Bears play, but otherwise, <laughs> uh, we'll see. I it should be fun. All right, buddy. Well, I think we got it covered. Um, Wild card weekend in the well, not in the books, but our pod is in the books. Uh, probably don't take our advice for gambling, even though we just gave you all of our picks. What, is, what was your lock? Your lock is just the Bills with the points. My lock, whatever. Is, the, my lock is the Bills. Yeah, I, I think that they'll. Uh, I think that's going to be a blowout. I feel most confident okay. when I look at all the games. That one jumped out as like, ah, oh, that's a no-brainer. And I changed mine mid-pod to. I'm just looking up the number again. Washington, Tampa under 45 points. That's my lock. We will have to do this again next week for the next round. But otherwise, Joe, thanks for coming on, bud. Looking forward to it, man. And we'll, uh, we'll dissect how wrong we were next week. Yeah, we'll see. Hopefully not. <laughs> <laughs> All right, later, buddy. All right, have a good one. You.